Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a sedative for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me today is, well, I'll let you speak for yourself, brother. Let them know who you are. I'm Mike C. Squared. I'm the host of One Giant Leap for Geeks. What's up, Mike? How you doing today, brother? I'm good, Delvin. How are you? Good, good, good. And as always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Mike. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, good, good, good. Question number one. What is the best album or song you listened to this past year? It doesn't have to be new. Ooh. Mm, and, and it doesn't have to be new? Doesn't have to be new. Just li- as long as you listen to it this past year. Mm, that is a good question. Um, Probably... Um, this is going to be a really old one, but um, you know the song that they play in Ghostbusters 2 when the Statue of Liberty comes to life? Um, the uh, the Higher and Higher song? Yes. Yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I can't even think of the name of the guy who sings it, but it, I, I just ran across it one day just listening to something on SoundCloud, and it's been like just stuck in my head for weeks. And that's probably, yeah, that's going to be my answer because I can't stop humming it. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. I gotta look up who, who made that song. And when you said <laughs> Ghostbusters 2, the first song that came to my mind was Bobby Brown on my, my, on my own. So I oh, that. yeah, yeah. No, it's the, um, yeah, and I think there's a different version that they use for the Ghostbusters movie. Like, it's a more recent version, but I've been listening to, like, the original version. Okay. All I know, it, it's called Higher and Higher, but I'm not sure who the original artist is. Okay. I found I just Googled this real quick. Mm-hmm. And two car two artists, two different artists have come up on the answer. Mm-hmm. The first one 
says Howard Hutchberry. Higher and higher. Oh, says, who's the second? Says Jackie Wilson's higher and higher. Jackie so, Wilson. That's so I'm the assuming one. is Jackie Wilson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I cannot get that song out of my head. That do 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 do. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good song. Good song, definitely. Okay. Question number two: What is your top five favorite movies? Hmm. And they can be any genre. Any genre you want. Okay. Um, Independence Day. Good. Uh, the first Bad Boys. Awesome when I love you now. <laughs> um, Captain America Civil War. Oh, man. <laughs> Me and you can be like best friends. <laughs> uh, what is that? Three? That's three. Mm, mm, I'm trying to think of a horror one that I really, really like. Uh, the first Saw. Oh, my. You are picking all the movies I like. So. <laughs> And then, mm, mm, uh, Spider Man Two. Hmm, I like Spider Man Two a lot. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good list. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Now my list. favorite version of Spider Man Two is like the extended cut, but definitely Spider Man Two. So yeah. I've never seen the extended cut. Is there any major differences in it? Uh, not really. It's just like more extra footage, a little bit more story. The fight scenes are a little bit longer, but it's it still plays the same though for the most part. So it's not like Batman v Superman where it was like, oh, the extended cut made it incredible, which it did. Oh, God, <laughs> fucking no, God no. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I wish my co-host was here because I swear, every time I get on this mic, I somehow end up talking about Batman. It's usually because of her, but but that movie comes up. That in the 1989 Batman. Ooh, ooh, I almost want to change one of my answers. I it, uh, honorable mention 1989 Batman. That's also a really very very good movie, and I want to kind of say maybe the best interpretation of Batman in terms I, of Gotham City. Yeah, I, I I would say so. I'm biased though because I grew up with 89 Batman, but no, Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman, and that is probably my favorite Batman movie. I mean, The Dark Knight is good. It's good. That's awesome. But, but 89, Jack Nicholson, Joker, yes, yes. My, my only problem with the Dark Knight trilogy is, is that Gotham City doesn't feel like Gotham City. It feels right? like Pittsburgh. It just feels like a regular <laughs> city anywhere that you can possibly be. It doesn't feel like, like when you watch 89 Batman, mm-hmm. Gotham feels like its own place and its own city. It feels so unique. Oh, yeah. It has a certain vibe to it. It feels like the comic book Gotham. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the, yeah, in the, and even Batman versus Superman, Gotham just feels like this other town. It doesn't feel crazy or nothing like that. It feels when you watch eight nine Batman, you feel like you have a reason to have Batman around. Oh yeah, right, right. That city is just fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah watching Batman, watching the Dark Knight, and watching um, for that matter, um, Batman v Superman. It doesn't really feel like this town really needs Batman because they have the police, and the police seem competent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the 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 eighty nine Batman, the the chief of police, he's he's fucking terrible. So yeah, it's like you can watch that and be like, I can see why you need Batman because this dude is not getting yeah. shit done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, question number three. Mm-hmm. This is everybody's favorite question. What is the dumbest thing you've done as a kid? Oh, oh I'm gonna really tell on myself now. The dumbest thing I ever did as a kid. Okay, so you know how when 
you buy i mean now you can buy jelly in like the squeeze tubes and stuff but for the most part growing up there was always the glass jars right yeah and there there was one time when i just couldn't sleep and i got up in the middle of the night and i wanted to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and we had just went to the grocery store earlier that day and i was trying to open the jelly for the first time now, sometimes you got to kind of tap it to kind of get it loosened up before you can pop that jar open. Yes. Well, I did that and I broke the fucking jar and my dumb ass was like, oh, it's, it's cool. It, the, the rim of the jar, like oh, a no. chunk of glass broke out and I was just like, oh, it's fine. You know, I wiped oh, it all man. off. It's all good. Yeah. Ate the sandwich. Totally swallowed a piece of glass. Oh, my totally God. swallowed a piece of glass. Had to go to the hospital. That's what I was going to ask. You have to go to the hospital? Oh, yeah. We had to go to the hospital. Luckily, it lodged into the side of my throat and I didn't actually swallow it and kill myself. But yeah, that I, I was probably about maybe 10, 11 when this happened. And yeah, so too old to be doing that dumb shit. But <laughs> look, at, yeah. look at what you said. Luckily, it only lodged in my throat. So I didn't I know. Right? But probably just, <laughs> maybe just ruined my throat. <laughs> <laughs> All things considered, I got a pretty sweet scar on my neck from the surgery and I, I was laid up in the hospital for a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I, they they gave me antibiotics and all that stuff. I'm I'm fine now, luckily. But yeah, and it was funny because it was during the summer break, and the whole time I was in the hospital, I was thinking, you know, I couldn't have picked the worst time to have done this. Like, why couldn't I did this while I was in school and then had like a two week <laughs> vacation? Oh no, you. What did you tell your friends when they asked you, "Hey, what happened to you"? Oh, I had to tell them the truth because, I mean, I couldn't think of any other reason why I'd have this giant scar on the side of my neck besides, like, yeah, I was mugged and <laughs> someone tried to kill me. Shot. <laughs> I got shot. I'm like 11, like, yeah, you know, I got shot. These streets rough. Well, Somebody I did grow up in Flint, me. Michigan, so that would have oh, been yeah. probably a plausible answer if I'd have told them I yeah, got shot. They'd be like, yeah, really I believe rough. that. Y'all streets are really rough. Y'all don't even have water. <laughs> Yo, man, man, tell me about it. <laughs> it's so bad in Flint, the water will fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Question number four. Mm. If you can have any superhero's powers and weaknesses, who would, who would it be and what would you have? Mm. Um, Superman. Superman, easy. Superman is probably the most overpowered superhero that's ever been put to paper. I mean... The likelihood that your common villain will even have fucking kryptonite is so low that you're pretty much, you know, going to win every fight hands down. And even if they do have kryptonite, I never understand how Superman ever gets caught up with that. Because it's like you have x-ray vision, super hearing, super speed, laser eyes, freezing breath. If you even thought they had kryptonite, you could freeze their hand and like shatter that shit before they could even pull it out. Yeah. Superman's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love soups, but he's I like way Superman, but The fact that when he's written correctly, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when there's these other times where, oh, my God, he's written so badly. Like, for example, Injustice does a great job with Superman. Oh, yeah. The Injustice games are great. Yes. Yeah. If you ever read the comic books behind them, they're also great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It gives you a great story about one Superman can be beaten mm-hmm. and so it brings you to uh, it gives you a feel of how a dark Superman would be 
and it makes oh, yeah. a lot of sense with the character. Mm-hmm. And it fits so well. Yeah, yeah, because it's that's that's the one conceit about Superman is that he he's pretty much a god living on Earth, but he considers himself one of us. But if there was to ever come a time where he felt like he was above us, it would be terrifying. And we're screwed. Yeah. And he's a god, and he's above us. He, he has all these powers and stuff. But because he considers himself like one of us, and he has emotions and feelings and can feel pain in terms of, like, emotionally, if you mm-hmm. take away the one thing he cares about, he's going to shut it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, that's what makes Superman such a terrifying character, because it's like, really? Like, people die all the time, so what? Because... Lois Lane get killed, so it's just fuck the earth now. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's, <laughs> what makes him, that's what makes him dangerous because Batman doesn't have that type of hook hook hang up. Oh yeah, oh, he yeah. gets if he loses somebody, he's not gonna be like you know I need to do all this 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 this. He may become more brutal, but if anything, he becomes more focused because of it. Superman, you can easily see him losing somebody and snapping him like, you know what? This will never happen again. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure of it. He try. He has this God complex that makes him fascinating in a sense because he wants to save everyone, mm-hmm. and he can't save everyone. Mm-hmm. And the game touches on the fact that because he can't save everyone, he's gonna make it so they can't hurt each other ever again. Right. And is it right. Really the he best feels thing? like he knows better than everyone else, and he knows what's best for us, and he's going to. And inflict his his rule of law, whether you like it or not, because he knows what's best for you. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And which is weird about that is Marvel did something very similar with Captain America to a very even though people was pissed off about it. Oh, when he became a Hydra agent. Yeah, when he became a Hydra agent, he ended up basically ruling the world as as like an agent of Hydra. Mm-hmm. And it was the, it was the same effect because, well, whereas Superman has the strength to rule people, Captain America has the ability to empower people to be like, you know, you know what, you're gonna follow me because who I am and what I can teach you. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty dope look at how powerful Captain America really is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know a lot of people got mad at that storyline, you know, and people were sending like the writer death threats and all this shit. And it's like, look, man, you knew that this wasn't going to stick. Captain America wasn't going to stay evil, just like Superman is not going to stay dead. Like, they're, they're comic yes. books, you know. I'm like, when they killed off Peter Parker and they brought Miles Morales in, like, you know Peter's going to come back. Like, I, I don't know why people get their panties in such a bunch about this stuff, kind of stuff, because it's yeah. going to change, at least in the comics. Now, when it comes to the movies, I get kind of upset about it because I'm like, man, it may be years before we see another version. I mean, right now from what they're doing with Batman in the movies right now and Superman, it's going to be another decade before we get another Batman and Superman. So we're stuck with this shit for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Good point. Question number five, and this is going to be a fun one. Now mm. be apocalypse is happening. AK walking dead style. You're at the beginning of it. Okay. Your city's getting overrun. It's about to get overrun. You got, you got to leave with your girl. Mm-hmm. You're going to take five things with you. Not including pets, obviously, because you can, like a dog or something. You can take a dog and walk. You can don't have to carry a dog. What okay. do you carry? <sighs> um, canned foods. Uh, okay. 
weapons <laughs> of some kind. Um, okay. What kind of weapon? Think it was like like an axe or a sword? You know, if if I don't personally own guns, but well, well like I said, in, 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 this, in this scenario, reality, you can carry whatever you want to carry in terms yeah, of weapons. In this, in, yeah, in this scenario, um, a gun because I want to have a long range weapon. Anytime I see zombie movies and people are like fighting zombies with an axe and shit, I'm like, you just begging to get bit. Because I'm like, <laughs> I want something to where I can kill you from like 50 feet away. Like I don't even want you getting kind of close to me. Uh, so yes, a gun. Um, so what do I got? Uh, food, clothes, gun, um, yeah. maps. Because That's I good. would assume, yeah, that you know, GPS and cell phones and all that shit's gonna go out the window. So maps. Um, one more. Hmm. I guess a first aid kit, <laughs> as much medical supplies as I can carry. Because that's smart. Because I, I I I always think like you know when people get caught and hurt and stuff and they're like ripping their shirts up and all this and it's like you don't have like bandages or antiseptic or nothing like yeah even if yeah. you do survive this you you were gonna die of infection like not long after. Yeah, because because if you the worst thing you probably can have is you get infected. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. you're gonna be sick and you're probably gonna die from it because there's no hospitals or anything like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna be able to go to no overnight clinic. Yeah. Yeah, and you're gonna turn into a zombie anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, so you need probably need as much medicine as you can. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not like one of those like you know survivalist people where it's like I got a bunker outside my house and all that. But anytime I watch zombie movies, I'm like, you know, I could think of a whole lot better ways how you could survive this and just wait it out and just you know wait to see you know what happens. Because one of my favorite zombie movies is um the Dawn of the Dead remake by um Zack Snyder. One of the few Zack Snyder movies I actually like. Um, it's a good movie. And and they get holed up in the mall. And then, you know, as the movie goes on, they leave. And I was like, why would you ever leave? I'm like, you had enough supplies there to where you could have lasted for quite a while before y'all had to have left. It's because they kept making dumb decisions and kept trying to go back outside. And that's what when everything went to hell. But I'm like, man, if you just find somewhere, if you can find a grocery store or Walmart and 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 fortify that bitch, you're good for at least a few months. Yeah, something like a target would be perfect. Something where you can like, where it has like the emergency shutters, you can just shut the shutters down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, you'll mm-hmm. be good. Yeah, just stack a bunch of shopping carts up in front of the doors and stuff, and man, you're good to go. Definitely. So let everybody know who you are and what makes you so awesome. Because, <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, I'm I'm Mike C squared. Uh, like I said before, I host the One Giant Leap for Geeks. Uh, we're a podcast about pop culture. We talk about movies, video games, comic books, anime, all kind of stuff like that. Um, I I live in Michigan. Um, I, I had said that I had uh, grew up in Flint. I don't currently live there, but that's that's my hometown. Um, you know, I I I like to talk quite a bit so <laughs> and, and then i'm really into pop culture and stuff like that and a lot of my people in my personal life like my friends and family don't care about this kind of shit like i do so i was like you know i should start you know doing a podcast because i like talking about it in general and i'm like i know that there's other people out there that like to hear about this kind of stuff i used to live on like imdb chat rooms and message boards and stuff like that back in you know the early days of the internet and now you know, I, 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 I'm one of those people where it's like uh, that joke where they say, you got a face for radio, kid. 
<laughs> so it's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do the whole YouTube thing. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I like to jibber jabber. So I figured I'd, you know, do a podcast. Um, um, I have a son. Um, me and my girlfriend, our anniversary was just yesterday. We've been together for five years now. Thank you. Thank you. But you mentioned that my daughter's birthday was yesterday. Oh, nice. Nice. How old? She's now 11. Oh, congrats. Congrats. Mine will be 10 next year. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let me yeah, ask but, you uh, this. Sure. What got you into podcasting? What made you say, hey, I want to do a podcast? Like, how did you find out about podcasting? Because podcasting, well, now it's becoming kind of big, but it was such a, it's such a niche audience mm-hmm. and field. So how did you, what made you start listening to podcasts and get you to the point where you wanted to do one? Um, well, the first, and at the time, it wasn't even really a podcast, really. Um, have you ever, it, it was kind of like back in the early days of YouTube, but do you, do you remember Spill.com? I don't remember Spill.com. Well, they, they used to do like animated, like movie reviews. And, Ooh. and I came across them years ago and that was, they had a website and I started getting like active in the community there and that site and that group got shut down and they disbanded, but they came back together under the double toasted name and they have a website and all that stuff now. And I had listened to them for years. And I mean, I never really understood what a podcast was at the time, even though they were doing a podcast, I was just watching it on YouTube. It would just be like a still image and I would just be listening to them, but I didn't actually like, I never had an iPhone or iPad or iPod or anything like that. So I didn't like go to like iTunes and listen to any of this stuff. It was always through YouTube. And then as I got older and I got more involved in the quote unquote podcasting scene, I started coming across people like Joe Rogan and just a ton of other different podcasts. And I always felt like it was kind of like me sitting and listening to my friends talk about something, but I could never actually interact with them and join in the conversation. And like I said before, I like talking about this stuff on my own and just watching these different people come from relative obscurity to, you know, becoming popular enough to where they have an audience and people, you know, tune in every week or every few days, however often they do their podcast to check them out. And I was like, I want to do this. You know, I've always wanted to be some kind of personality, whether it be on radio or TV or something like that. And I, I, always thought that it'd be something fun to do. So once I learned more about podcasting and, f- and now that it's so relatively easy to do it, it's much cheaper than it used to be from back in the day. You don't have to have a ton of crazy equipment. As long as you got a computer, a microphone and a decent, you know, acoustic, you know, room, anybody can start a podcast. Yeah. And a lot of times anybody does start a podcast. Oh yeah. Hell there's an app now. Um, God, the name escapes me, but you basically can just record a podcast on your phone and, and they'll just post it. And all you got to do is just record it, hit stop and, you know, put a title on it and send it off to the internet. It's, it's, it's become so streamlined and so easy now that anybody can be a podcaster. I mean, hell, look at how many people are YouTubers. So. I like what is happening with podcasts right now. And I think, there is a conversation to be had about it because and I think it's the same thing with YouTubers, but with podcasting, we pay to do this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It ain't free. <laughs> yeah, it ain't free. And we're providing, um, we're providing a service to people. And the companies that have been coming up now is that a lot of companies are investing into podcasts. 
Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see money go around. And the question that's being asked is, okay, if all these people are starting to invest in podcasts and stuff like that, where is the money for the small podcasters out there who are actually doing this weekly and stuff like that? Yes. It's funny that you bring that up because I actually talked about this very thing on my show earlier this week. Um, we we talked about how the the podcast bubble is starting to burst because, I mean, if you go to iTunes, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, they the majority of your listeners, more than most likely for most podcasters, come from iTunes to some degree or another. Yes. And I think they said like 60 percent of people listen to podcasts on iTunes. So, you know, it, it's 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 a major hub for podcasts. And if you just go through just one category list, they have a top 200. That's not even all the podcasts that are in that category. That is just the top 200. And there are probably about two dozen categories. There are literally tens of thousands of podcasts out there. And a lot of them are starting to be either celebrities or pseudo celebrities, people who already have a following. And like you said, the bigger companies are starting podcasts and stuff like that. And it kind of is siphoning the audience away from the more, you know, independent, you know, content creators, because, you know, I'm never going to have a, a marketing team and people who can put me on the front page of anything. So, nope. you know, well, yeah, true, true. So it's like, I have to, all my stuff's grassroots. I got to go on Reddit and promote myself. I got to go on Instagram and promote myself and Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. You know, there's building an audience is not easy, especially when, you know, you don't have, look, (laughs) this, this is the secret. Nobody tells you about becoming a content creator. Your friends and family don't care. (laughs) They don't, (laughs) they may be supportive to a degree, but your friends and family are not going to tune into your podcast every week. They're not going to share it on their Facebook page. They may check it out once they may subscribe just to, you know, satiate you and get you to shut the fuck up about it. But, yeah. you know, no one's gonna, in your personal life, it, it because they take it for granted. Because people see you all the time. They're like, well, why would I, you know, tune into this when you're probably gonna tell me about it anyway? You know, even if they're into this kind of shit. So you have to build an audience from people who don't know you. And it's a lot harder to do that when you don't already have an audience that like, oh, I saw you on The Bachelorette or, oh, you know, you have a late night talk show and I see you on that. And now you have a podcast like people like that. It, it's infinitely easier for them to build an audience. People like us, not so much. Yeah, it's not easy. No, but I do say I will say it's very satisfying to see people gravitate towards your podcast and become attached to it. And I think that's a cool, good thing. That's why I, what I know one, why you keep doing it. One reason why I keep doing it because of the love of the game. And mm-hmm. I think overall what's going to end up happening is a lot of those podcasts are going to be diluted, diluted and they're going to go away because when you're genuine with what you're doing, you have that passion for it. It shows. And I think the whole key to it is like when I first thought, I remember I tell, I've told this story before, but uh, it's worth telling again. When I did my first episode of a podcast ever, it was a few years ago for the Mic Drop podcast. The first episode got like a whole bunch of listeners. I want to say like two, three hundred listeners. And I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> right? Like, this is great. Like, if if episode one did this, 
what episode two is going to do. Episode two did five. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like, it's one of those things where you have the, it, it kind of, you have these peaks and valleys and things and you feel like you're going to, like I've had, I've definitely had those peaks and valleys where I feel like, oh, it's going to be, this is going to be the moment, then something happens and it doesn't happen for you. But it doesn't make you want to stop. It makes you want to keep going because you know you're right there. You're this close to getting where you want to be at. And then once you get to where you want to be at and get that consistent audience, you want to top that and bring more people in. And I think oh, that's yeah. a good thing. Oh, yeah. Because like you said, you know, you you will have these spikes where, you know, I, I remember um, there was um, just a few weeks ago, um, I, I had posted an episode and within like, 10 hours of it being posted, I almost had like a hundred downloads. And I was like, this is great. I was like, usually that happens over the course of like days. And this was like in, you know, the course of half a day. And then, you know, like the, the, the next week, it's like, I get half of that. And it's just like, Oh, well, there's that. So, I mean, there's, there's peaks and valleys. And I mean, honestly, I, I try to tell people who are just starting out podcasting, like if, if you're looking for a quick, like money scheme, don't do it. If you're expecting to just have like thousands of listeners right away, don't do it because it's not going to happen. Like you're going to have peaks and valleys and there's going to be times where you're going to be you're going to feel like like you said, you have some great content. No, this is going to be the episode that's going to put me on the map. And then, you know, you look at your download numbers and it's like next to nothing. And then other times you'll post something where it's kind of just nonchalant. You don't really think that much about it. And a ton of people listen to it. And you're like, well, what's going on? It, it, it's it's a longevity game. It, it's a, a marathon, not a race. You know, it's going to take time and it's going to take patience, a lot of patience and um, ingenuity, too. You have to because I'm, I'm never really been that big of a social media person, but I have over the course of this year of doing this podcast, I've been more active on social media these last like eight months than I've probably ever been in my entire life. So I've I've met so many people and you know interacted with so many people who I probably would have never came across if it hadn't been for this podcast. And that kind of is what keeps me going is meeting new people and getting to do stuff like this, talking to people like you. Like, you know, if I hadn't been doing this podcast, we would have never even met each other. But yeah, through this, it's it's an avenue for me to have conversations with people. Well, I may not have ever had the, the opportunity to do it with. And that's kind of what keeps driving me. Like I have my regular nine to five. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to get rich or anything like that by no means, but it, it's the interacting with other like-minded people that I enjoy. So let me ask you this, then how did you wrangle in your co-host to start doing a podcast with you? You know, that's funny because I was just talking about how like, Oh, your friends and family won't give a shit. Well, um, my co-host, DJ Melimo, and my new co-host, um, Benoit, um, they, for, for a while, my podcast was my own dirty little secret. Nobody knew I was doing it. I was recording, you know, with like next to nothing as far as gear. It was, it was my dirty little secret for weeks. And I told one of my friends about it, and she's totally into the same kind of stuff I'm into. And she was the one person in my personal life that was really super supportive and wanted to be a part of it. Like she kept telling me like subtly that she wanted to be on the show. She's like, you know, you should really get a co-host. You should really get a co-host. 
you should really get a co-host. And I was like, God damn, do you want to be on the show? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally let her in. And then, and then my other buddy, he, um, he had been knowing about me doing it for months before he finally said that he wanted to do it. But his, his situation was a little bit different because he, um, he's a streamer on Twitch. He, he plays like retro video games and stuff. So he's used to being on a mic and talking to people and being an online personality and, you know, I told him that we talk about video games and stuff, but I would like to talk about it more. And I thought it would be fun to have him on because it's a someone who is more into that lifestyle than I am. Like, I don't consider myself a quote unquote gamer per se, but I do I do play me some video games, but he's more into it than I am. And he has a a more niche you know, genre of games. Cause he plays like a lot of retro platformers and RPGs and stuff like he doesn't like do shooters and, you know, stuff like that, like more modern games. And so I was like, you, you'd be an interested, interesting perspective to have on some of the topics that we talk about on the show, because he's not like a big movie buff and stuff like we are, but he has a passing knowledge of this stuff. And he, he's more of like a general audience person. And I'm always throwing stuff by him because I'm always curious, like what do people who are not inside this bubble think about this kind of stuff? Like, do they care? You know, do they even notice this kind of stuff? Cause when I was throwing a fit about Batman versus Superman, I was like, you know, I'm curious about what people who don't follow comic books and watch all the movies, like, and they just like go to one movie a month or something. And just like, well, what do you think? Because a lot of times I feel like you kind of get into a little bit of an echo chamber because the people who are going to listen to you are going to be people who either agree with you or find you entertaining. And so it, it, it's hard to get like objective feedback because everyone kind of has their bias. You're right. Yeah, absolutely right about that. So let me ask you this. I want to go touch into where you grew up a little bit. Okay. What was it like growing up in Flint, Michigan? Not as bad as you would probably think. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they, they hear Flint, Michigan and they're like, Oh God, I'm surprised you lived to 25. And it's like, man, it's not, look, it can be bad, but it's like any city, you know, with urban areas. If, if you fuck around with shady people, you get caught up in shady shit. And I mean, I always kind of stayed away from that kind of stuff. You know, like I said, I mean, I've, I've always been a geek or a nerd or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Ever since I was a kid, I've always loved comic books. I've always loved cartoons and superheroes and stuff like that. So, you know, that was that kind of kept me from being in the quote unquote cool circles. Like I never ran with gangs or anything like that. You know, I I had a pretty basic childhood. Um, we were poor as shit, though. I mean, we we didn't have a whole lot of money for stuff. So, you know, there was a lot of things that I didn't get to experience I had to kind of live vicariously through my other friends and would go, you know, play. I remember I never had like a, a super Nintendo or a 64 or anything like that. So I had to go to my friend's house to play GoldenEye, and, you know, or my friend's parents would have to pay for me to go to the movies and stuff. So a lot of my exposure to pop culture stuff came from other people because I, I couldn't do it at home because we couldn't afford a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I, I grew up pretty poor. Um, you know, didn't really live in a super bad neighborhood. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was gunshots and shit and people died in the area, but my block specifically wasn't all that bad. Um, you know, I, I, uh, 
went to private school when I was really young until about the third grade. And I begged to get taken out and go to public schools because I hated wearing uniforms and all my friends made fun of me and stuff. And I was like, I, I, I want to go to a normal school, you know, no, no offense to anybody that does go to private schools, but I'm like, I want to go to the same kind of school that my friends go to. And that was kind of a culture shock to go from a, I went to a, a not only a private school, but a Catholic private school. So, you know, it, it was a bit of a culture shock to go from that to like an inner city school and it was like dangerous minds and shit. <laughs> like, like when I went there. So, you know, it, it, it definitely took some adjusting, but, you know, growing up, I, I, I had a pretty, all things considered, I had a pretty easy, you know, uh, childhood and adolescence and stuff into my high school years. And I was never popular all like that. I was kind of a social butterfly. I had different cliques that I would hang around with, but I never wanted to pigeonhole myself into one group of people. I mean, besides me being a pop culture nerd, I never wanted to be, you know, like I didn't want to just only hang out with the jocks or only hang out with the goth kids or only hang out with the nerdy kids. Like I, I had friends in every corner of the social hierarchy, I guess that you could think of. That's cool. So let me ask you this with everything with Flint because it still hasn't ended yet. How did oh, no. that make you feel seeing this? What's happened with that? Your hometown, essentially. <sighs> um, it's it's interesting. It, it it has gotten better from when this first started two years ago, but it it, it definitely has a long way to go. A long way to go. Um, the the situation, how it all went down. I I am mad at, but I'm even more upset about how people on social media reacted to it because, I mean, I would constantly see comments of, oh, Flint's a failed city, and oh, it's the mayor's fault, and oh, it's this, and it's that, and, you know, they're, they're crime-ridden, they deserve this to happen to them, and I'm like, look, man, I'm like, no, no, no one deserves to not have access to fresh, clean, safe water, especially in a city in America of all places, like third world countries. If you said something like this happened, I it, it's still not OK, but I could understand it a bit more for this to be happening in the richest, most powerful country in the world. There is no reason anything like this should ever happen. And it, it, it frustrates me because People have their own biases against the city because of its past and because we've never really recovered from the shops leaving the city and the crime is bad and stuff like that. And, and sure, all that is true. But, you know, children, my own child, you know, was myself was exposed to contaminated water. And Lord knows what kind of effects that's going to have on especially as adults not so much but these kids down the road that that's what makes me so angry about it when i see people be so dismissive about the flint water crisis yeah and i just find it crazy that it still hasn't been solved oh no no all this money that this country has and this is something that's still still going on i even said this about our puerto rico like we have oh, yeah. all this money and they're still going through it right now and we just had a, a hurricane down in florida in north mm -hmm. florida and it's like where where's the money to to fix these things that happen in like yeah why is yeah, no, we, still dealing with this 
Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll invest trillions of dollars into defense spending and the military and stuff like that. But when it comes to infrastructure and you know natural disasters and stuff, there's always a cap on how much money we're willing to spend on it. But if it comes to, to fighting a war or or arming the country or whatever or the military, oh, there's no amount of money that we won't spend on that. But when it comes to maintaining our home, it's always a budget and there's always a cap. And it's always, oh, well, we're only willing to spend so much and this, that, and the other. But if you get people scared that there's some fucking terrorists going to come, oh, we'll spend every goddamn dollar, dime, and cent this country has for that. Yeah, I always find it interesting how that works out because we have money to fight terrorists and terrorism and things like that and people attacking our country and killing us that way. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the money for health care to make sure we actually live after the terrorists are gone. You know what you're doing right now, Delvin. You, you're going to get so many messages like, oh, you fucking SJW. <laughs> <laughs> you cucks. I can't believe you all here talking about that. Look, I take no. I made it a point to not take no shots at anybody of a different political you know, yeah. viewpoint. I didn't take no shots at the president, but I'm telling you, you're going to get, yo, you fucking beta cuck SJW. They already know. <laughs> I, I talked to both sides of the fence on here. I don't discriminate who I have on the show, but oh, for sure. But facts is facts is like I think in the whole, not saying we should take away from the military, but I think not only physical health but mental health is something that this country needs to look more at. Yes, because mm-hmm. what's the point of having a country that we can protect if nobody's here to enjoy it? Exactly right. Or the people who are living here are living in circumstances that they shouldn't be for the resources that we have available to us. Yeah. And I think that's something that everybody can agree on. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy to say that we have to have arguments about healthcare, but it's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should want to be healthy. I, I understand there's different ways of getting it in your way may work better than ours, but we should all agree that, Hey, we all need to be healthy. <laughs> That, that you, you're making too much sense right now. That's <laughs> yeah, I try to be logical once in a while, but it's just crazy to think that people are actually having arguments about health. Oh, yeah, like I, I tell people all the time, I want to live to 100. If I can live past 100, I'm happy with that. And people, people be like, Why would you live that old? Because I want to live, I don't know what's on the other side. Right, right. I want to. I'm. I enjoy life. Like, don't you? Do you want to die tonight? No. All right yeah. then. So I don't want to die eighty years from now either. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I want to live as long as I can. I understand. I, I have a belief system. And there's certain things I believe, and yeah, that's great and fine. Sure. But also, I want to try to not see that as long as possible. Oh yeah. I oh, want to yeah. enjoy my life as long as possible because there is a chance that I could be wrong. right i know right right yeah i'm i'm i i've discovered in the past few years that i guess because you know sometimes people say like oh i'm religious or i'm spiritual whatever whatever As, as time has gone on i was raised in the church as a kid but as time has gone on i'm kind of i would consider myself an agnostic like i don't necessarily believe in a god or a religion but i don't necessarily not believe in it either like i don't have the answers and i'm okay with that you know i'm not on one side yelling oh there is no heaven or hell or afterlife 
but I'm not on the other side saying, oh, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this and you got to do this to go to heaven. Like, I don't I don't believe any one walking the face of this earth can truly say that they have the answers. You have what you believe to be true and what you were taught to be true. But you can't point to anything and say, see, this proves I'm right. No matter what you believe, one way or another, I, I, I don't think that there's any concrete evidence to say that one answer is correct over the other. Yeah, and I, and I always say, like, and this is on both sides, whether you're an atheist or whether you're a believer, because mm-hmm. I'm a believer, but I can understand what's... You can make up stuff to make both sides seem like they're crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not very hard to do that, and I think no. people get caught into doing that, just that right there. Like, I can say well, like... It's kind of like how politics is now. It's like, you know, everybody's yes. in their camp. Everybody has to be... We're so tribal as a country now like everybody's you know you're either this or that you're either the best person in the world or you're the worst person in the world so there is no gray area there is no in between anymore you know and 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 it's silly to think like that because i i feel like when you start to ignore all the nuances of what it means to be human then you stop being human you know, it's yeah. like no one is all good. No one is all bad. No one side is right all the time. And no one side is wrong all the time. I completely agree with that. And in the end of the day, it's not going to matter anyway, because robots are going to take over the world anyway. We're all going to be gone. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> fucking fucking. Uh, uh, what is it uh, from the Terminator movies? Uh, T-1000 not- and. Um, the uh, Skynet, yeah, Skynet's Skynet. gonna be taking this bitch over any minute now. So it's gonna be Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, the videos of Alexa just saying weird and random stuff? And yeah. I ask her no question. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, the, the 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 more see, it's crazy because ten years ago, artificial intelligence was just the shit of science fiction movies. Now we legit. Ha- I mean, we don't really think of it. I don't think it's really. The, the reality of what time we live in has really crashed in on us yet as a society, but we are living in the future right now. Like we have artificial intelligence. It may not be artificial intelligence to the degree that you were used to seeing in movies and shit, but that's where we're going. Like this shit is learning. It is, it is out there. And it, it's, it, it's kind of scary. It's a little bit scary because it's so, we're so, we're so um, complacent, I guess is the word I want to use, because these things are just gradually starting to be introduced into the you know mainstream society. So it's not just this one big one day. There's just a supercomputer with a face talking to you on it. It's kind of like a gradual thing that we're getting to. I mean, because look at what we've done with virtual reality and augmented reality and stuff like that. We're we're living in the future, and I don't think we really realize just how far along we've come just yet. Look at what we do with robotics. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that fucking robot that does like flips and shit—that is terrifying. <laughs> yes, they're like they're teaching robots how to do flips, and they're teaching robots how to like do military moves and like. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, think about drones and shit. I mean, I, I, I can see a day in our lifetime that we will have like Gundam wing mech suits and shit. Like no bullshit. <laughs> I can see that. Happen. I can see a day where you might not even have like wars where people are actually on the battlefield. Oh yeah. It's just going to be machines and people like as much as we say, Hey, we have 
funding our soldiers and our troops. People are going to lose their jobs. Soldiers, there's, no, there's not going to be no need for soldiers. Military is going to become so about profiteering. It's yep. ridiculous. Yep. Because I mean, they're making these machines that can fight for you now. Yeah, as long as you got some kind of degree in robotics or computer science, that, that'll be your basic training for the military. Because a lot of that shit's going to be fought behind the screen of a computer. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, look at look at what they're doing <laughs> with with minimum wage workers. I mean, the, every McDonald's is starting to switch over to self serve kiosks and shit. Like they're they're getting rid of you know people left and right. I mean, it's kind of like the story of um of uh what, what what's what's the, the the black coal miner that story John Henry. Where he, John Henry. Yes, yes. I'm like it, we're becoming John Henry. You know, yeah. it, it's like we're human beings and manual labor is more and more becoming obsolete. And have you? Have you been to one of those McDonald's that's um, self-serve? We, we have one in the town that I work in, and I have not gone inside. I mean, I, I try not to go inside McDonald's whenever I can. I I, I don't want to fuck around because I don't eat inside a McDonald's, so I don't ever feel the need to get out my car and go in there unless I just got to go use the bathroom. But it, they're inside. I just always go through the drive through though. Yeah. So I'm expecting one day there's just going to be a robot at the fucking drive-through window, like 1874, <laughs> sir. Like, oh god. I went to one earlier this year because it's one in Orlando. Did you use the kiosk? Yes. So how was it? It's fantastic. <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. Like, yeah, you can put in. They'll make you. They make more stuff. Like they make omelets there and stuff like that. And. It's fresh. They have people working behind the counter. Sure. But it's, they, to my knowledge, if I remember correctly, they just bring your food. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just pretty much, yeah, uh, uh, glorified um, servers at this point. Yeah, and you just order your food on the kiosk. You can kind of <clears throat> customize it how you want to. Order it. They give you a number. You wait. They bring your food right there. It, it is fantastic. <laughs> but it makes me wonder, like, this is so good. How long before it's none of these people here have a job? That That's one of the things that kind of goes back to what I was talking about, about how we need to be reinvesting into our infrastructure and into the country itself. We have to encourage the private sector to figure out different ways, different just um, – I mean, ways to subsidize all of this technology that is going to be taken away manual labor. I mean, it, more than ever, if you don't have a college degree, your future prospects for work are dwindling more and more. I mean, hell, when you can't even look at McDonald's as an option for a job with no degree, I mean, you know that we in trouble. Like, if you live in a small town in middle America somewhere – then you will probably be okay. But if, if you live anywhere close to a industrialized metropolitan city, you're kind of fucked at this point because, and, and then what's worse is the more kids go to college, the more kids that are in debt, the more people who are at the interview process who have the same qualifications that you do. Cause like when our parents and grandparents went to college and went to go get a job, you know, not everybody could afford to go to college. There wasn't so many student loans and all this kind of stuff. So if you had a degree, you was almost guaranteed a job yeah. now. And then by the time my son goes to college and graduates, 
everybody in their mama's gonna have a degree in something. They're gonna be like, oh, I have a bachelor's in whatever, whatever. They're gonna be like, well, good for you. So do the 300 other people sitting out in the lobby. What else do you got? Yeah. And I think bringing it back around the podcast, and I think that's what's interesting now because entertainment seems like it's the only field which you can't just replace it with robots. Yeah, at least not yet. <laughs> Wait for it. When Alexa gets a sense of humor and can crack a joke, oh, it's over. <laughs> it seems like like podcasting and YouTube, and that's why I think so many kids and adults, for that matter, are gravitating towards that because it's a new way to entertain people, and it's a it's cool because anybody can do it, and you have people who can make a living off of it because they are, excel at it. And you don't have to the the right of passage and the way to get it is so small and so easy in terms of like yeah people like PewDiePie, who oh yeah, who makes so much money off of it. And it's like I want to say it's crazy to say that, but like he's made a living off of basically being a YouTuber yeah. and making millions mm-hmm. of dollars off of it. And it's yeah, not crazy. only a living, but he's become rich. Also yeah. being on YouTube, <laughs> filthy yeah, fucking it, rich, and it's crazy that he's had controversies and done controversial things, and people look at it like, "Well, he's a celebrity," but he's not a celebrity. He's a YouTuber. He was just a regular guy, and he's adapting to the fact that, "Hey, you're not a regular guy no more." Exactly. You're yeah, because. Yeah, because PewDiePie isn't in movies. He doesn't have an album or anything out. You know, he. if you don't watch YouTube, you don't know who the fuck PewDiePie is. There are yeah. probably some people that are going to hear this and be like, PewDie who? <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like, I mean, or, or, or for example, uh, to, to the YouTube thing, um, there are literally children right now who have more money in a bank account than I've probably ever had in my entire life yeah. from doing toy reviews and unboxing videos. It's yeah. crazy. And I think what's missing with that is when you're a Hollywood actor and you go through that whole loop of things like that, you're trained on how to deal with success mm-hmm. to an extent and how to deal with like PR and stuff like that. Like, you know, okay, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say that. As opposed to you being a YouTuber and a kid, you're going to make mistakes. And because of that, you can make a mistake on a video and get ostracized for the rest of your life because of it. Yep, because once it's on the internet, it is there forever. It's funny that you say that, too, because since I've been doing this podcast, I am um, 110% sure that if I'm still doing this three years from now, there's going to be something I said in the early days of the show, and it's going to come back and bite me in the ass later. It's going to be some joke I made about somebody or some, you know, um, section of society. And it's going to be a time where we are more sensitive to that. Like, okay, for example, it it used to be okay to make jokes about, you know, um, now this is like early, like 90s, late 80s, but it used to be okay to make jokes about, you know, being homophobic or homosexuals and stuff like that. Now, You will get fucking crucified if you do some shit like that now. Now, yeah, there is a section of people who will still be fine with it, but for it the most part, society will at all. Exactly. They will turn on you as they should, because 
I don't feel like, you know, it's okay to make fun of anybody because of their color, religion, or sexual orientation, any of that shit. That being said, though, I'm sure that, you know, I my show isn't super crass or anything like that. I swear a lot and shit like that. But one of um, it's funny. Um, some people can't tell just by listening to me, but I'm biracial. Uh, my dad's uh, half white and my mom is just light skinned. And I used to I used to use the N word on my show a lot when I first started. And I had to curb myself from doing that because that's how I would talk normally. And I I almost guarantee that sometime down the road, someone's going to hear my show and go back and listen to some old episodes. And they're going to be like, oh, he used to say, he used to use the N-word. He used to say this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. Not so yeah. you're part black. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. if anything, I'm part white. I'm more black than I am white, but. It's, yeah. uh, it's my son is yeah. part Spanish, so I can relate. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, I can relate. Yeah, and, yeah. So oh, go ahead. And it's crazy because my son is the complexion of his his mom, so he's really light skinned, mm-hmm. almost looks yeah. white. So mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. look at him like, "Hold up, why? What are you doing with this white kid?" Right. <laughs> right. Like, Who the fuck baby you just stole? Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> This yeah. Is <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm 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 the same way. Um I don't have as far as I know, I don't have any Hispanic in my family tree at all. But like I said, my mom is light skinned and my dad's half white, so I'm really light skinned. So a lot of people see me and they think I'm like Puerto Rican or some shit. Like yeah. I get that a lot, a lot. Yeah, my my son gets it because I live in Miami and Everybody thinks he's part Cuban. He's not. Part oh Cuban. yes, yes. There he's you part, I can see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's part Hispanic, but he's not part Cuban. So it's like, <laughs> and it's an interesting way how people. And this is a whole other story from the whole other day. But being a black man mm-hmm. around Hispanic people in Miami, mm-hmm. it's interesting how they look at you before they find out you have a Spanish wife. And mm-hmm. after they find out you have a Spanish wife, I'll just leave that at that. Okay, <laughs> that says it all right there. And I tell my wife about it too. My wife knows about it. I'm like, because when but me and my wife go jogging sometimes mm-hmm. in the morning and afternoon and things like that, mm-hmm. and when they see me jogging with her, they will stop and have thirty minute conversation with her. Oh, okay. Like I didn't know you were in this neighborhood and this and this. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you've you've met another Hispanic person. <laughs> right, I know, right? Yeah, and she, yeah. And she looks at me like, "Why are you acting like that?" I'm like, "I'm like, because black people don't do that." Right, black right, do, right. Black people have this one thing, and this is for all my white people. See if you notice this. When a black person sees another black person, all we do is give each other the head nod and keep it moving. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, that's it. If 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 you want more information on this, watch Blackish. There's an episode where he's teaching his son, who goes to like a majority white school, the nod, and his son doesn't understand. It. <laughs> I swear, I love that show, but it it, show. It, it 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 actually gives a lot of real information about black culture and how you know African Americans see certain things. They they try to pose it in a comedic way, but there is a lot of truth to what they're saying behind that. Yeah, and and and, and like the movie uh, Get Out, like there's a lot of truth 
to that. I mean, it's it's exaggerated because it's a, a horror movie, but there is a lot of truth to being the only black person in a room full of nothing but white people. Yes, it is. And you're gonna have to we're gonna leave right now, but you're gonna have to come back on. We're gonna have to have a conversation about that. Oh yeah, no, this was really fun, man. No, I really enjoyed this. I would love to do it again. Yeah. I I did not expect the directions that this would go, but no, I had a good time. I'm glad you had a good time, man. It's been awesome, man. A lot of fun. Thank you for being on the podcast, man. Let, let them know where to find your podcast at. Okay. Um. Again, uh, this was Mike C squared. Um, the host of One Giant Leap for Geeks. Um, mainly, I guess you know if you're a Apple user, check us out on iTunes. If not, we're on Google Play, uh, Spotify. Um, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Um, our website our website is One Giant Leap for Geeks. And like I said before, I'm really active on Twitter. So if you want to come follow us, you want to chat, um, just follow me on Twitter. We're at Giant Leap, the number four geeks. There you go. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. Ow. Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.